welcome to the left turn here on X106. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mader with you as Xfinity Series race. We'll start with that now. Is it first two stages, good racing, great battles all over the racetrack, comers and goers, different guys dominating different portions, but it was stage three where I put it like this, Kansas got angry and some, some crazy yeah, things happened there late in stage three. If stage three would have gone the way that stages one and two went, we would have left saying, hey, that was a good race. Um, you know, there were two guys that really kind of controlled it, but that was a good race. Stage three was, um, it was crazy. It was, it was like the, the drunk uncle showed up to the party. Um, that, that was stage three. Uh, all of a sudden, stuff got wild, and um, yeah, it was and just it great. It was midway through stage three. Is, it, it looked as though it was going to go green for a long time. Yeah, it had possibly a, to it, the end. It had a, a long run feel to it for sure. Except when you're running next to the wall, sometimes it's easy to overstep. Michael Annette gets into the wall, have about 50 laps to go at that point, and that's when things got crazy. And you had dominant cars: Christopher Bell, dominant car in stage one; Cole Custer, dominant car through stage two into into stage three. Chase Briscoe had a fast car at points in this race. Where incidents, we'll, we'll get to those. But late in the race. On a restart, Cole Custer out front, Tyler Reddick there. Those two make contact. That leads to more incidents after the race. But Brandon Jones, the, the a driver that has struggled all year long, not necessarily with speed but with luck, with putting together finishes, sneaks by on the inside as those two have issues, and he gets out front for those last 10 laps. Yeah, we said b- before Saturday that we didn't really see a scenario where anyone except the big three ended up winning, that being Custer, Reddick, or Bell. I thought maybe the only outlier could possibly be like a John Hunter Nemechek who's ran well there in the past, but... Brandon Jones put himself in the right place at the right time. Um, didn't have misfortune when others did, which is kind of in the opposite of this season. He's had misfortune a lot of times when others have not. So was able to avoid the bad luck, held off a, a couple of strong restarts, and got his first career win. And you go and, and talk about that last restart. He he got the lead when, when Custer and Reddick made contact, but then he had to ha- get through another restart where the key on these restarts was could you – get out front by yourself before turn one or were you still side by side he was able to beat reddick on that final and, and last restart get to turn one and then while reddick had to deal with with cars behind him brandon jones got clean air and was able to run away yeah good for brandon jones we'll see if, if this parlays into more victories and you know after the race brandon jones obviously excited and, and picking up his first career xfinity series win uh, made some comments about that, that victory yeah, man, we've uh, I've been a winner in a lot of different series, um, even outside of NASCAR through NASCAR. Um, this is this is the biggest one I've ever had, man. This is uh, this is huge, um, and I think it even makes it better that um, we struggled so much to get to this point. Uh, we've had a lot of just junk luck, really, that's uh, put us out of a lot of these races. Um, but I believe in this team um, since the start of this. Um, I always do, and uh, it paid off today. So uh, this is this is big. We're gonna enjoy this for a long time, and uh, I know the first one's the toughest. So hopefully that's a good sign, and there's gonna be more to come. So Brandon Jones again picks up his first career Xfinity win, and and he's a driver in a Gibbs car. I think that. Given the opportunity to stay in that car, now that he, he's figured out how to win one, he's got the speed where we could look at Brandon Jones being a championship contender next year. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy to say. I mean, Christopher Bell is leaving that team, Harrison Burton stepping in. So 
we think one of those teams, one one Gibbs team is normally a championship contender, and you know there's still a learning curve for Harrison that Brandon has already overcame. So I don't think it'd be crazy to say that Brandon Jones is up there contending for a championship in 2020. And so again, Brandon Jones picks up the win, led 10 laps, and, and another storyline with this is he steals that spot at Homestead. He doesn't allow another driver in the, the round of eight. Brandon Jones got knocked out in the round of 12 to make it to Homestead. So now two drivers are going to make it in on points. As there won't, there's not that opportunity for three different winners. So it gets a little bit tighter. It gets a little bit more. It helps some drivers, say a, a Justin Allgaier or maybe a Noah Gragson, who we haven't seen fight for wins all that much this year, knowing, hey, now there's two spots I can get in on points with. Yeah, because those guys have, I think, been the most consistent all year. Um, just haven't been able to find the wins. And I think it helps a big three, too, a Bell, Custer, and Reddick. As long as you don't have any colossal mistakes, you're sitting well. I mean, if Chase Briscoe wins yet the other day, and then Justin Allgaier runs extremely well at Phoenix. If he turns around and wins at, at Phoenix, all of a sudden one of those guys is on the outside looking in. Now both of them kind of still, even though they weren't maybe pleased with, with the end result Saturday, they still control their own destiny. And Brandon Jones, again, gets the win, but a lot of stuff happened yeah. to get to the end of this behind it. It started with, you thought, after the, the incident with Michael Annette, he was done. He comes back and finishes fourth. But after that restart, Chase Briscoe. He ends up out front. He's out there. Christopher Bell trying to chase him down. They're, they're getting ready to have a good battle to the end. And then you get in a situation where the, the first of, of several crazy series of events happen. And Garrett Smithley on the bottom, a, a lapped car, slides up the racetrack. And you end up with a, a lap car essentially wrecking the leaders. Yeah, that was one of those where Smithley was running a line that I don't know that you would ever really run in front of the leaders i mean he was taking up a lot of the track and i just i don't know that he was aware what was going on behind him we had a chance to talk to smithley we, we a lot of them as well as christopher bell there there too is he had a really fast car we asked him about the incident he really didn't have comments there but he had a fast race car one that it was, it was at least the top three car and he ends up finishing 12 so here's what christopher bell had to say on his day at kansas we had a really, 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 really fast car. We were pretty competitive. Seemed like we were just a little, just that much off there at moments to uh, to get to where I needed to be to lead the race. And even whenever I was leading at the first stage, I was just this much off. And I mean, I can't really comment on on what happened because I haven't seen it yet. And that's Christopher Bell on on his day at Kansas, having a fast race car, just not exactly what he needed, and then kind of he did this multiple times refused to really make comment on that incident with Smithley which I mean from a PR standpoint was 110 percent the right move last thing you want to do is is say or do something stupid that that is going to make you or your organization or your sponsors look bad and I don't know I mean obviously it wasn't anything that that Smithley did intentionally I just I, I don't know that he was cognizant of what was going on around him um he was running high Briscoe came up high was trying to go low Smithley went low right into to Briscoe and um, didn't really ruin Briscoe and Bell's days, but it ruined their chances of winning. Well, we thought it ruined Chase's chances yeah. of winning. He came back and had an opportunity to win late, but here's what Smithley had to say after he was the one car that had to go to the care center, didn't, it wasn't able to continue. So after getting checked out and he was all okay, here, here's what he had to say on that incident. Stuff. David Starr was back there. 
I was just riding. I mean, we're on like, you know, 70 lap tires just riding, just not even pushing it hard. So, um, I hate it. I don't know. I don't even know who got tagged. Um, I hate it. Um, big mistake, but so in Garrett Smithley on the incident with Chase Briscoe <clears throat> and, and Christopher Bell. And Garrett Smithley's starting to become that guy um, that I know he doesn't want to become, and I, I don't think it's anything intentional, but you go back to the incident in the cup race at Las Vegas with Kyle Busch where I would say that one was not Garrett Smithley's fault. He was running his line. Kyle Busch just drove into the back of him. This one, if you're going to point blame on one of the three, you'd have to point to Garrett Smithley. To, to me, it's 100%. It's, yeah. it's not even a question. And you can you can talk about whether it's miscommunication, whether Smithley lacked the awareness there, but the bottom line is he came from the bottom to the top. And for me, the, the, the question there is they were on a green flag run. It wasn't as if it was – a couple laps in and you're you're eight laps in and you don't think the leaders are coming it was a it was a long green flag run smithley already uh laps down and he was running his line and that that was you know a normal line when you're by yourself you're gonna if you're running the bottom you're gonna come all the way to the top the, the issue i have is at some point you've got to know the leaders are coming and whether there was he just kind of zoned out for a second and didn't hear a spotter or there was an issue with the radios where the, the spotter wasn't there is he, he drove up right in front of the leaders and the, the speed difference briscoe was able to get it kind of stopped for a second and then bell got into him but regardless even if bell wasn't there let's say bell was three seconds behind briscoe briscoe was still putting smithley into the wall because there was That's, no stopping that once the two made well, contact Let's hear about it from Chase Briscoe. I, I totally understand the lap cars are obviously off the pace, so that makes it tough for them. And you know, at this place, the, the fast guys are obviously running the top. And there's a lot of guys that would run the top in front of you, and it's frustrating. You know, I feel like the regular season race, yeah, it's still a big deal, not near as big a deal. But you know, we're literally racing for our lives, trying to lock into a championship. And you know, I don't know. I, I felt like I haven't seen a replay, so it's hard to say. I know I got tagged in the left rear by Bell, but at the same time I felt like the zero is probably going to put me in the fence regardless. Um, just, uh, I felt like these last three races now, we've been the car to beat, the Roval, Dover, and now here, and all three have slipped away, and the stuff that's been out of our control, so I don't know, go. it's encouraging that we at least finish third, but we should be locked in home set instead we're two points back. So can Chase Briscoe kind of he gave us a little bit more of an answer than, than Bell, still didn't you know, he kept it kind of vague, but Again, lap car gets in the way. Briscoe had an opportunity to lock himself into Homestead. I, I still think Bell was the faster car. I think so, too. But we don't know because we didn't get to the end of the race that way, and then that set up another wild chain of events. Yeah, then you, you get a restart late. Um, you know, Cole Custer was back up there after his early miscarriage. I think he had made contact with, I think it was Justin Haley with about 50 to go. Um, and I think the, the where the problem with Custer and Reddick a rose that we'll get to, I believe, was on that final restart. It, it was the, the second to last second restart. Second to last one. Is, the that, one that we thought after Bell and Briscoe wrecked, right? Yeah. That one. Yeah, That okay, that's the one I'm alluding to, about 10 to go. Um, Reddick just gave Custer a nice shot, and Custer didn't really like it. Yeah, is is gave Cole, him back. Well, yeah, after the race. Cole Custer, he ended up finishing this one 11th. Tyler Reddick was able to finish second, but Custer slides up. Reddick hits him in the rear. Custer ends up in the wall. Reddick able to, to get around it. When they make contact, that's when Brandon Jones gets around. Another caution comes out at the end of, of that is, uh, I believe it was Joey Gase and 
Austin Cindric had had issues at the same time, or I don't know if it was Austin Cindric. Noah Gregson. Noah Gregson. There, they they both had simultaneous issues, separate incidents, but issues at the same time brought out that that last caution. But Cole Custer was not really pleased with with Tyler Reddick, and, <clears throat> and they ended up with a, a fun little scuffle on pit road. It was fun for everybody that wasn't involved in it. That's for sure. Um, yeah, Custer wasn't happy, and uh, there was a scrum um, between Custer and Reddick and some crew guys, and Tyler Reddick left with a, a nice cut above his eye. And I'd give Cole Custer, Custer the W on that one. Yeah, I, I think for, for me, Cole Custer's now 2-0 and because I give him the win back at you go to most sport with him and John Hunter Nemechek with I don't know what that move was. I kind of call it like the flying lunge kick, something like that. It, it was great. I give him the win just because of the effort he put in. To, to go after John Hunter Nemechek, but I think we've learned you, you don't mess with Cole Custer. Unfortunately, the way it all worked out, we weren't able to get to Custer. We got to Reddick, and, and here's what Reddick had to say on that post-race incident. Uh, it started with him with a hand on me. Um, that's just, you know, that's how it started. If he's going to put a hand on me, I'm going to gladly put two right back on him as well. So I have no problem talking. Um, but before really words were even exchanged, there was hands put on people. And I'm not going to just sit there and let him grab a hold of me without me grabbing a hold of him back. That's the way it is. Till so Tyler, these, these guys are friends too. Like, that's the part about this is they're buddies. I mean, it's not like they've had problems in um, the past. And, you know, I remember last year in Texas, they were banging doors with each other coming to the start-finish line, and they were as happy as could be um, with the way that race ended. So, yeah, um, that'll be interesting because those are two of the three fastest cars, obviously. And um, I, as Reddick also said, you know, if they take each other out, the neither one of them are going to get to Homestead, and that's not what either one of them want. Yeah, it- the, the good thing is the way the rest of this, this race kind of went through everything, the, these incidents didn't hurt these drivers all that much in terms of their playoff standings. Obviously, no one was able to punch their ticket to Homestead, where now they have to worry about Texas. They have to worry about Phoenix, where you wanted, and we heard this on Friday from several of these drivers, they wanted to get that pressure off in Kansas and, and take the next three weeks. You obviously have the one-off week while the trucks and the Cup Series are at Martinsville. Take those weeks get to Homestead and focus there. Now everyone, at least for the off week and into Texas, are going to have to worry about it. And NASCAR Executive Vice President Steve O'Donnell said this morning that neither driver will be penalized for the post-race scuffle. Um, this, uh, the officials will look at the role of crew members in the altercation, um, basically just to make sure we're not coming in and escalating things, which is what happens in every... Um, po- my, my take on a post-race fight is I'm... I'm kind of a fan of the hockey rule of let the two guys settle it, and once one of them hits the ground, it's done. Let's, you know, let's let bygones be bygones. I don't think going out and junking stuff is the right way to, to do it because the guys that, that fix those cars and work on those cars don't race them, and the guys that race them don't normally work on them. So uh, I'm just glad to see there's not going to be penalties, at least coming from Custer and Reddick. Yeah, so again, Brandon Jones picks up the win. Tyler Reddick was able to finish second after that incident. Chase Briscoe third. Michael Lynette, we mentioned him, in the wall to, to start all of this chain of events. Comes back to finish fourth <laughs> after all of that. And then Justin Allgaier finishes fifth. Allgaier, the only drive, the only playoff driver not to have I, you, issues in you this. You kind of just forgot about him, which has kind of been Justin Allgaier's season. But then you look at it, and he's right there right now, two points in. And Allgaier, they were able to talk to him and get some of his thoughts at the end of the race. And he was he was kind of glued to the bottom line more than anyone else the rest of the day. So 
Here's him talking about his day at Kansas. Kansas here at Texas is it's the exact opposite of coming here to Kansas. Um, you know, it's, it's it's right around the bottom. You know, and that's where we were really good today. We we for whatever reason we were really good on the bottom. Uh, we struggled when the when the, the lane moved up to the top, and and I feel like uh, you know that's part of what hopefully will help us when we get to Texas. Is having that speed on the bottom and being able to run down there. But you know it, these races are so difficult. You got so many cars that are capable of running up front and winning races. But uh, you know just you got to be on your A game and say we want. Again, that was Justin Allgaier on his day at Kansas. Liked his car on the bottom. Didn't like how it, it felt up on the high side. Was still able to come home with that fifth-place finish. Jeremy Clement, sixth. Justin Haley, seventh. John Hunter Nemechek, eighth. Ryan Seagan, ninth. Ross Chastain, he finishes tenth. Your other playoff drivers, Cole Custer, 11th. Christopher Bell, 12th. Noah Gragson, 13th. And then Austin Sendrick had a, a terrible day in yeah, 25th. Anything that could go wrong for him did... Um he had he was complaining of a loose wheel early on or a vibration, so they came down and got it fixed. Um, then he had an incident with Harrison Burton where Harrison pulled what looked like, in my opinion, to be a, a pretty clean slide job on Cindric. Cindric didn't like it, retaliated by putting Harrison Burton in the wall, which ended up kind of hurting Cindric. Now I wouldn't say more than it did Harrison Burton's, it ended Harrison Burton's day, but big picture wise it hurt Austin Cindric a lot and um he just it couldn't do anything. Yeah, so in the way that this race, now you look to Texas with the playoff standings. Christopher Bell, he's plus 49. Cole Custer, plus 38. Tyler Reddick, plus 37. So with all the drama with those three drivers still in, in good situations playoff-wise, Justin Allgaier is plus two. Chase Briscoe, negative two. He is two down and has a little bit of work to do. Michael Annette is 12 back. Noah Gragson, 17 back. And Austin Sendrick now, not necessarily in a must-win situation, but in a, a must-do-well situation as he's now down 30. Yeah, I think in the Xfinity Series, that's almost a must-win um, with the way those three guys have run. Unless those three guys take each other out or something or all have problems in one race, which doesn't appear pretty likely, I think Sendrick's in a must-win. Brandon Jones, the winner of the Kansas Lottery 300, his first career win in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. It's time for a break here on the left turn. When we get back, it's time to turn to the Cup Series, the Hollywood Casino 400. This is the left turn on X106. Welcome back to the left turn here on X106. Jacob Blair, Trevor Mater with you as it's now time to talk about the Hollywood Casino 400, the round of 12 cutoff race for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. And it, it took a little bit longer to get crazy than the Xfinity race, but it, it still ended up as a wild day uh, at Kansas. Definitely the last 20 laps or so. And this was another one. It was a good race. It, if it wouldn't have had the last 20 laps, you know, and you did end on that long run, you would have left saying, hey, that was a decent race. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. But after the last 20 laps and all the drama and, and definitely with the playoffs, it was crazy. I mean, the we were watching it from the media center and just the atmosphere in the media center and kind of the, the nervous energy and none of us had a dog in the fight um, was there. You, you could tell that it was very prevalent. As, you know, again, this one, stage one, fairly non-issue other than uh, the teammates of Ryan Newman and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. having a, a few issues on the racetrack, but a, a fairly... <clears throat> until that, it was a, it was all Kyle Larson in stage one. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr. gets a lot of crap Um and maybe some of it rightfully so, but that one was 100% on Ryan Newman. Um, to quote Ricky Stenhouse's scanner, what was he thinking? I, I don't know if anyone really knew. It, it kind of looked like the same incident with Garrett Smithley, where Newman just came from the bottom, was going to the top, and, and didn't 
didn't see Stenhouse there, but that caution set up some some strategy plays, and this is where the day went really bad for Kyle Larson. He didn't have a good pit stop. Joey Logano, who had been struggling up till that point, stayed was out. That the one where he had a uncontrolled tire. I think that was later. This one was just a the bad stop. First one, he had a the green flag one. He had a bad stop, but he this, still kept the lead. But he kept the lead. He had like, an he had like a ten second. second yeah. yeah, and then it, the second one, he had an uncontrolled tire. Um, and that he had to go from the tail, and that pretty much sabotaged his day. And, and that's where Joey Logano was able to stay out and win stage one. And those play those points, those ten points he picked up, ended up being really crucial to the way this this day ended for that twenty two team. Yeah, how big do those ten points end up being? And and he had had a, a rough start to the the day too. It had some troubles. It came down pit road, had lost a lap, had got him back on a, a long green flag run. Then the way things shake out, he ends up winning the stage. Never would have pegged that, but he had a fun battle with Chase Elliott, and they were five wide at one point on a restart. That's something I never thought I'd say at Kansas Speedway, but they were five wide down the backstretch. It was definitely one of those. You, you saw that a lot. Is It kind of got to the point where these restarts, like, oh, they're only three wide. What a boring restart. Because you, you got used to that. They're too wide through the whole field down the backstretch. This is lame. Like any other track, you'd be super excited about. But I mean, that for thing was that second restart or whatever, and they went five wide. You're like, oh no! Like I don't know how that that should have been a wreck. Yeah, and it was again. It was one of those those days where it was just kind of tame it, it was it was good racing it was there were great battles all over the racetrack you, you had sometimes you had drivers back further in the pack with with great battles and that's what's fun about you know able to actually be at the track is sometimes the tv can't catch all of that and, and you get to see those but stage two is where eventual race winner denny hamlin took hold of the race lead and and although there was a lot of drama late in stage three he he was able to hang on to it yeah I think to say there was a lot of drama was an understatement. Good day for Denny Hamlin. Led 153 laps, one stage two. Ended up picking up his fifth win of the season, and um, it's it's been a really good year for him. And he's had some really good cars during this season, and I think he might be the championship favorite. And I would agree. Five wins this season. He wins the Hollywood Casino 400. There was an opportunity for this race to have a lot of controversy. Is now, on the first attempt of overtime, Daniel Suarez ends up in the wall. The caution is called about eight feet, we, we could say, before Denny Hamlin took the white flag. And, and at that point, I was listening to Hamlin's radio, and they, they were sure the race should have been over. But then you get that, that, that image late where it was thrown, it was out. It was, it was pretty clear cut that a second overtime was needed. And Hamlin said afterwards, too, that um, he figured it was close. And in the heat of the moment, I mean, of, of course those guys are – are going to lobby and say, oh, no, the caution light was out. I saw the caution light when I crossed the start finish line because they know, you know, that's they win the race that way. It goes back green. There's no guarantees, and um, they were able to get it done, but it, it wasn't easy. Yeah, again, Denny Hamlin, the winner of the Hollywood Casino 400, he leads 153 laps. It, it really seems like a dominant performance, but it didn't end up feeling like one because he, he had to deal with so much. The, the playoff drama with, with Chase Elliott – and with you know you, you, you said Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski were going back and forth on the bubble. Keselowski did not have a good day. Yeah, Keselowski he had a hole in better. the nose or, or something early on that kind of um, ruined that car. And with with this package, when you get a hole in the nose, it it makes it really hard to turn and handle. And um, he went. 
backwards real fast. And, yeah, like you said, they were flipping. It'd be Elliott plus one, Keselowski plus one, Elliott plus one, Keselowski plus three. Um, and actually, Ryan Blaney, Keselowski's teammate, is the one that kind of ended up hurting Keselowski. You know, the race had that long green flag run to it. About 20 to go, Ryan Blaney gets in the wall, shreds the tire. Things got weird. Elliott was able to pick up a couple spots. Then Keselowski was able to pick up a couple spots. Um, it looked, I think going into that final caution, was Keselowski won to the good before the incident involving Suarez, or was it Suarez? And I, I think under that caution, he was he was to the good. And then on that ensuing restart, he fell. He, he really dropped a lot he of pitted, He pitted, too, is the interesting part. Um, you know, he, he pitted, had a great pit stop, gained some spots coming off pit road, went from, I think, 17th to 13th, then fell back to 19th, I think it was, on that, that final two-lap run um, and missed by two points. A disappointing day for him. Um, and Joey Logano... He almost found himself on the outside looking and getting caught up in that accident with um, Suarez. And that's why I mentioned those, those playoff points or the stage points from stage one really played a role. It was able to keep him at that, that comfortable marker. He didn't fall to that bubble. That was the thing with Brad Keselowski. Didn't pick up any points in stage two, limited points in stage one. Chase Elliott got some points in both stages, so that, that initial gap at the start of the race had really shrunk, <clears throat> and it, it helped Chase end up getting that second place the, finish getting into the next round. And, you know, I, I mentioned I think Denny Hamlin's the championship favorite, but the type of season that Chase Elliott is having is the type of season that wins championships and to me is strikingly similar to Joey Logano's last year. Go back to the Roval, fastest car all day, misses the chicane, puts it in the wall, backs up like nothing, nothing ever happened, goes on to win the race. Yesterday came in, everyone's talking about how it was pretty much a must win, was able to scratch and claw and work his way into the round of eight and go on to some tracks that he's ran pretty well at. Um, he's playing with house money right now, and that's a guy that I, I would be scared of in the round of eight. And then post-race, a lot of these drivers were able to provide comments. We'll start with Denny Hamlin, uh, the race winner, and, and talking about his day. Again, it was really a dominant day that didn't seem like one, but when you go back and really dissect the race, the 11 car dominated the Hollywood Casino 400. Good thing I picked him to win. And so picked up some points in terms of the left turn point standings. We'll, we'll get to those a little bit later. It's getting interesting over there as well on those standings. But I think the more important thing is here's what Denny Hamlin had to say on his Hollywood Casino 400 victory. Yeah, just uh, you know, really a dominant car by the second half of the race. Um, you know, when we were able to take the Martin, uh, lead from Martin there, um, I knew that uh, his arms were very strong, and we just. Once we got out front, I could really give what I felt like was the right information as far as what my car was doing um, to, to Chris, and then he made adjustments as the race went on. And, and so we, uh, we got better, uh, you know, held off a charge there from the 18. I felt like, you know, when I needed to get a lap to, to keep my distance, I could go out there and get it, uh, but didn't make unnecessary, unnecessary chain, uh, risk. Uh, of, of my car in a bad spot. So I thought you know, the strength of us really was to be able to move around the racetrack and run you know, close to the same lap time no matter what lane we were in. And that kind of allowed me to get through track uh, the way we did and, and then obviously hold those guys. So again, that is Denny Hamlin on his win at Kansas Speedway in the Hollywood Casino 400, his fifth win of the season. The, the one 
I wouldn't say bad thing, but this doesn't help him in terms of getting to Homestead. He's, you know, it gives him a couple more of those playoff points to put in that playoff bucket. But moving on to the next round, he he's sitting. Just, I think isn't he's in the top four to begin the round of eight. Going into tracks that he's he's won at all three tracks that are are going to be in the round of eight. So, I mean, you never know. Those five playoff points could end up meaning a lot. This is the time where the playoff points don't necessarily lock you into the championship four like they might have locked you into the round of eight or the round of 12. You talk about that as as Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr., two drivers in that round of eight, locked themselves into that round before the end of this race. After stage two, both Hamlin and Truex were in. So Hamlin, a little bit of that pressure off the, the end of that race and the end of the race is where this got really interesting strategy wise because of the way these restarts were lining up you had truex was up there kyle bush was up there eric jones was up there as well and then you had chase elliott who's in that battle for the points position with keselowski with byron and jimmy johnson behind him as well so you had all four gibbs cars three of the four hendrick cars all up there on the restart and it really made the lane choice for Denny Hamlin intriguing and interesting trying to figure out what the better line is to you know do you go with chase do you go with your teammates and how you make sure you know if you're the 11 car you get the win yeah and on um, I think it was the final restart you know he went with Hendrick and then um Kyle Busch kind of laid back on Chase Elliott couldn't really give Chase the shot that he would have needed um, to to get the run and Chase kind of gave Hamlin a bump that just pushed Hamlin out in front and same same thing happened in this this cup race that happened in the Xfinity race once if you could beat the car to turn one get clear into turn one you could stay out front and drive away and that's what Hamlin was able to do the other interesting thing is on the last pit stop of the race Hamlin took just two tires and, and there were some other drivers that took two as well and they they all kind of fell back and it was four four tire cars elliot kyle bush kyle bush they weren't able to do anything with hamlin so a good pit call from them as well yeah i mean it worked out um i remember you know we're sitting in the media center we're thinking oh four tires are going to prevail here and if that caution doesn't come out if if there's not a wreck between matt tift and bubble wallace chase elliot was looking like he was going to get a run to to chase denny hamlin down that it did they had to deal with those last restarts and one of the drivers involved with those last restarts, Eric Jones, was involved in those strategy talks and trying to make sure you have a shot to win, your team has an opportunity to win, plus dealing with those, those playoff situations. So here's Eric Jones talking about the, those last couple of restarts in the race. Yeah, I mean, it's in your mind, though. Me, uh, I'm trying to do what I can do to win. Right. Obviously, it doesn't make a difference to me when it is, but, um, you know, you're definitely thinking about those guys more. Obviously, if you can help them out and... You know, he would be a contender in the next round. So you want to help your teammates. You want to bring home a win for the team. And you don't really want to do anything neg- negatively impact that either. No, I was trying to push him. I was struggling. We were off a little bit on our restart gearing. And just once I got third gear, I couldn't stick with him. So I was trying to push him. I wanted to, you know, push him to the front. And that would give me an opportunity, you know, to duke it out with him. So there was nothing like that, you know, just intentionally letting people go. I, obviously, you can help me help them. But if you can't, you got to do what you got to do. And Eric Jones on dealing with those last restarts and the way everyone was lining up and, and having to make sure you have a chance to win and help your, your team win as well. Eric Jones ended finished in, into this race in the seventh position. Again, Denny Hamlin, the winner of the Hollywood Casino 400. Chase Elliott, second. Kyle Busch, third. Kurt Busch, fourth. William Byron, fifth. Martin Truex Jr., sixth. Eric Jones, seventh. Clint Boyer in eighth. Kevin Harvick, ninth. 
Jimmy Johnson in 10th, Alex Bowman 11th, other playoff drivers, Kyle Larson in 14th, Joey Logano 17th, Brad Keselowski 19th, and then Ryan Blaney 21st. You go back to Chase Elliott, he, he's in that that battle with Brad Keselowski. It's going back and forth. You, you have to, you, you if you win the race, you move on, but you also know that that point situation is there and you, you need some help from Keselowski, but Here's Chase Elliott on his day and in those last few restarts trying to, you know, his hopes to get into the playoffs again. Here's Chase Elliott after Kansas. Just, uh, honestly, was just trying to win the race, and the rest of it kind of was fell into our hands, I guess, a little bit with the two having some misfortune, the 22 being that crash. And, and uh, yeah, luckily we got, you know, got a good bit of stage points in the first one and then got five more in the second one. And, um, you know, to battle for the win, I was I was proud of that. You know, we weren't we weren't the best car by any stretch, but I did feel like uh, you know we kind of came here with the mindset of having to win, and I was proud of the fact that we came here and and fought for a win. Chase Elliott again on working his way into the round of eight and, and being on that bubble and and all of that drama trying to to get to the next round. I'm telling you, man, he's playing with house money right now. A lot of, of things has, has gone, have gone his way. And early on in this race, talk about Kyle Larson again. He looked to have the best car. Drove away. For, the only driver we really saw drive away from the field. Yes, Hamlin dominated, but Truex, other drivers were always kind of within one or two seconds. Larson on that first stage was <clears throat> gone. And we've seen that from Kyle Larson a lot this year where, you know, early in a race he, he gets out and then a, a caution or the, the stage ends up kind of shaking things up and there's a miscue on pit road or, or something like that. And this was a perfect example of kind of what Kyle Larson's season's been like. And Larson had a, you know, what he described as a top three car and, and dealt with those issues. So here's Larson after the race. Today was our roughest day um, that we've had in a long time. Uh, you know, I stalled it uh, on a green flag stop, and then we just had some really slow, slow stops. Um, my pit box was really slick, so I couldn't get in aggressive enough and couldn't leave fast enough. So it was just, it made you know, the pit stops seem even worse than they were. Um, so yeah, you know. You know, tough to have a day like that, but um, we had a fast car. You know, we tried to gamble on tires there. Worked, worked out for Denny, but didn't work out for us, and you know, we got eight up on those restarts. So, um, you know, finished 14th with a top three car. And Kyle Larson on his day at Kansas, and, and you look go back to stage one. We've seen this from Larson this year. Gets out front, looks like he's going to run away with the race, and then issues or strategy just don't go his way, and then he ends up like today, like yesterday with the 14th place finish. Good news for him is that it didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Um, he was already locked into the round. And, and then you now look at the next round of eight and how this will start as everyone heads to Martinsville. Kyle Busch will be plus 18, Martin Trix Jr. plus 14, Denny Hamlin plus 9, Joey Logano plus 2, and then the four on the outside looking in right now, Kevin Harvick minus 2, Chase Elliott, he's 6 back, Kyle Larson 19 back, and Ryan Blaney 21 back. The, the thing you, you see about this round, you kind of mentioned it earlier, is the points, the playoff points, those buckets that drivers filled up, yes, it gives you a little bit here and there. You didn't get enough, so you start a little bit further down, but everything's manageable. No one's real far ahead. They have that big buffer, and no one's too far behind. They have too much work to do. And we've talked about in the previous rounds that you could have one bad race and probably be okay if you're a Kyle Busch or a Joey Logano or a Martin Truex or a Kevin Harvick or a Denny Hamlin. Throw that out the window now. One bad race, and, I mean, what is Kyle Busch? Plus 21 above the cut line, I think? Plus 18. Plus 18? Yeah, one bad race. 
and yeah. all of a sudden he that could go from plus eighteen to minus and, eighteen. And we've seen Martinsville in the fall be you know, just as crazy as Kansas has seemed to be in the last few years that some wild things can happen. You have a bad race at Martinsville, you're, you're going to be in a must-win situation. Not enough drivers are going to have enough problems to, to help you with that one bad race where in the round of 16, you can have a bad race. You have a bunch of playoff points. Other drivers are going to have bad three. races. You can you can slide in. Round of eight, three perfect races. If you're not going to win one, you need three perfect ones to be that, that fourth driver in. The round of eight is my favorite playoff round, um, obviously excluding the championship for um, – the, the schedule was perfect, I think, and obviously it's a lot more dramatic. I mean, this is like a conference championship game, really. And I think this round of eight is probably the most competitive we've we've had in this format. It's, All of them have won a race this year. It's, it's really good. It's going to be really intriguing. But here's Denny Hamlin after his win at Kansas Speedway looking to the next round. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, certainly we're running uh, as well as we ever have. Um, we're, we're contending for race wins week in, week out. Um, we've got great, great engines, great cars, great engineering. Uh, everyone uh, from TRD to JGR has really put together some good race packages uh, at all types of different racetracks. And there's really, uh, even though the next you know few weeks there's a variance of you know you got a short track, you got a mile and a half, and then kind of got uh, a short track hybrid in, in Phoenix. We feel like we can win at every single one of them. So I, uh, I just that's one thing that not a lot of drivers probably can say is that they feel like they can win every single track they go to, uh, and that's that's been the case for us this year. And then the other thing about the round of eight here is you look at the the teams and the way those have kind of shaked out into this round of eight. Penske ends up with two, and Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney Ganassi gets one with Kyle Larson, Hendrick with one, and Chase Elliott. Stuart Haas won with Kevin Harvick, but then Joe Gibbs racing three of their cars that have made it to this round. Yeah, um, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex all in. I think Eric Jones has shown the speed that he could have got in, but had some mechanical issues at Vegas and then got disqualified at Richmond and then wrecked at the Roval. So this has been a dream season for, for Joe Gibbs racing. A lot of wins for this team. Three cars in the round of eight. You obviously want to try to get all to the championship four. But here is also owner Joe Gibbs on having three cars in the round of eight. And obviously to get three of them into the next round is a big deal. Uh, this format for playoffs, you know, Kyle won the regular season, which was a huge deal for us. But when you get these three-round playoffs, I mean, anything can happen. We know that. And so that makes you so nervous. And I think what you're doing this year is I'm constantly thinking about Homestead. How do we get to Homestead? That's what I think about the most. So again, Joe Gibbs on having three cars in that round of eight. And again, Kyle Busch, Martin Trix Jr., Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano will start above the cut line. Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, and Ryan Blaney below the cut line. The thing with the Gibbs cars, the top three seeds as well in the round of eight. Yeah, um, and like I said, I think there's. I said off there a minute ago. I think there's a very good possibility that the championship for is the three Gibbs cars and um, Chase Elliott. And honestly, I think of the three Gibbs cars, the least likely one to get to Homestead is Kyle Busch. Yeah, it, you know, he he was fast at Kansas. There was a point in the race I thought he probably had the fastest car. It was a top five car all day, and and a, a lot to. It's going to be a fun round. Martinsville is going to be good. It's going to be crazy. And we also had some fun this weekend with the drivers. Oh, we had a lot of fun this weekend. I mean, but but I think 
Clint Boyer is always good for a, a awesome piece of sound. And uh, Trevor, you were able to get probably the best quote of the weekend out of Clint Boyer. Yeah, I mean, you know, Clint Boyer's a, a Kansas boy. He's from Emporia, Kansas, just down the road a, a little bit from Kansas City. So coming home, um, you know, awesome barbecue in the Kansas City area. So I just thought I'd ask him about his barbecue ventures this weekend. How much, how much barbecue you will eat? We all eat. This whole industry eats so much barbecue. I'm surprised they're not out because everybody <laughs> looks forward to coming to Kansas City and eating barbecue. And then it's like, the, all right, that's the first night, right? It's like going out in Vegas. You, you know, you get to Vegas, you blow it out the first night, and you feel terrible for a couple nights, but you don't change the program. It's not like you quit doing the fun things. You just feel terrible doing it the next night and the next night, and then all of a sudden you start feeling better. My point is everybody consumes way too much barbecue the first night, which I will do, and then you won't feel the best because you can't, and then all of a sudden I'll be damned. Saturday night rolls around. What are we going to eat? Let's eat some different barbecue. And then Sunday night... You get to head at home and you look over on that airplane and guess what we got? A little better barbecue. So I try to uh, divvy it up for sure. I don't think there's any one place that's, that's the, the gold standard here. I think it's just Kansas City. I think we can agree with, with Clint Boyer's take on Kansas City barbecue. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and there, there were some follow-up questions involved this weekend as well. You, Followed up with, with Clint Boyer on, on Saturday. That came from Friday. Also, and Jimmy Johnson, in one of his questions, was, was talking about how Kansas Speedway, and, and a serious part of this, it, it, the legends and sporting Kansas City, you look at all of the things that have built up around the Speedway and, and what the track has done for the area, you, you kind of let into that with, with what? Well, he, someone else asked a question about, you know, coming to Kansas and, um, he started talking about how he liked it. There's a lot of cool things to do around there, a lot of nice restaurants and stuff. So, being the, the food connoisseur I am, had to ask him what his go-to was, and his response was interesting. I usually end up in the Sonic over there getting some ice cream at one point or another. The, uh, there's a few... Um, I'm trying to remember the names of them. I know where they are. I, I go to them with my crew guys. Uh, there's this one spot over there with endless beers everywhere. That's, that's a fun spot to hit. Jimmy Johnson, when he's at Kansas Speedway, uh, heads over to Sonic for some ice cream. And, and we did look this up. We were wondering if there were any Sonics in yeah, Charlotte. There are. There's like 82 in, Cal- in North Carolina. There's two in the Charlotte area. So uh, apparently Jimmy Johnson just likes Sonic. And, and maybe that, you know, he's got kids down. Maybe that's his way of, you know, taking the kids out for ice cream. You know, and maybe he just didn't word it that way, but all the, the cool places to go in Legends, and the first thing you go to is Sonic. Well, at least he, he mentioned the, the one of the, the cool places in the Legends. The, the one restaurant he didn't know the name was, of was is, is the Yard House in the Legends, but that, that, that was Jimmy. We got some more advice from, from Clint Boyer on maybe where, where some, some good places to eat are, though. Yeah, we got a lot of good stuff from Clint Boyer. Clint, I've got a follow-up. What barbecue did you have last night? Jack Stack, down on the plaza. Took the wife on a date. What was your go-to, uh, what'd you order? Man, them short ribs are pretty good, buddy. But you gotta have burn ends. You go to Kansas City, you gotta have burn ends. But uh, a couple of them short ribs go a long ways. What's on your agenda for tonight? You see this guy right here? 
hailing all the way from Mexico. He's going to try and survive. He said he doesn't like barbecue. Look, pan over here. Pan. There you go. That guy oh. says he doesn't like barbecue. How do you Who in like the it? hell doesn't like barbecue? Yeah, but does he like barbecue? So, uh, yes! Everybody likes Mexican food, but everybody likes barbecue Have you better. had his mom's barbecue? <laughs> no, he offered those to me once in the front uh, of the Daytona 500 biggest race of the year. And I opted not to because I, you know, it could have sabotaged me. <laughs> I was four new teammates at the time, right? Yeah. He's got, he's got to have iron guts to eat some of that stuff. So I know he's got an edge on me and, you know, a competitor. Clint Boyer is just fun. Yeah, and that was Daniel Suarez that you heard kind of in the back half of that. That took place during the, the media bullpen session during qualifying where drivers just kind of come and go. And I was in the, in the middle of my interview with, with Boyer and Daniel Suarez came into the array and uh, joined in and apparently Kansas City barbecue is better than Mexican barbecue. I've never had Mexican barbecue. I feel like my thoughts on it would be kind of similar to Clint Boyer's of you would have to have iron guts. Um but yeah, Clint Boyer's always a, a character to say the least. And, and you know again Kansas Speedway his home track so always, always comes home and and clearly enjoys well, probably it's the best barbecue out there. Oh, it, it's the best. It's people from Texas and North Car- Carolina that, that try to argue they're they're wrong. I, mean, I went down to Dallas and tried Dallas barbecue. Kansas City's better. Yeah. Doesn't, mean, as Clint Boyer said, it doesn't matter where you go. Kansas City barbecue's better. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. There's a race this weekend. There is. Like, there is. We're headed Ooh. to Martinsville. Well, we're not. We're not, yeah. But they are. Clint Boyer's got to go back over to, to Charlotte. He's got to leave the yeah. Kansas City barbecue. We're going to leave it there, too. We're going to talk about Martinsville, take a, a quick look at the left turn point standings, the the high-stakes competition between me and Trevor. He's There's getting, nothing at stake. There is nothing at stake. That is true. It's still high stakes, though. We're, we're competitive. Yeah, and it's, no. it's, it's getting interesting. Yeah, it's more you're interesting up, than I'd like it to be. You're up 23-21. To twenty two seventy three, it's now within fifty points. Yeah, that's why after after I was down over a hundred, I also did pick Denny Hamlin to win this week, so I got three more winners points. I'm up thirty two to twenty four in that competition. So at least I'm I'm winning something. But with with each series that we pick, and just you've got enough races left that I can keep creeping at the rate I'm going, and, and come Homestead, I'll be right there. Yeah, I'm getting kind of nervous. It's getting it's getting good, just like yeah. the the round of eight. What are we down to? Three Xfinity races, four Cup races, and three truck three races. truck races. So we've got ten races left, and it's five points a race. Yeah, five points a race. But you I, know, I've been the, to that buffer just about. So I'll give you. I can give you five points a race. See, I've done this before. Four and I, and I've done this before. I've got it back down to inside fifty, and then a bad weekend. Got to avoid that this weekend. Start with the first out of five hundred. A 2 o'clock start on NBCSN for the Monster Energy Cup Series this weekend. Martinsville in the round of eight. It's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be really good. Do you want me to tell you who I'm picking? I think you should. I'm going to take Denny Hamlin back-to-back, win number six of the season, punch his ticket to the championship for. Um, it's one of his home tracks. He runs really well there. And uh, give me Hamlin to Miami. A Denny Hamlin win at Martinsville to give him two weeks to get ready for Homestead. That's dangerous. I I think that could, you've obviously got to take care of business at Homestead, but that will give Hamlin a huge advantage. And we've seen that. The the guys that can punch their ticket, they they can go work on those cars. 
But I also think if you're a, a Gibbs team, if, if you're one of these these teams left in the round of eight, you've got that Homestead car sitting there. The one you, you've picked to take to Homestead, if you, you get there, it's sitting there and it is ready to go. So if you have those two weeks to kind of really go massage that race car and get it really fast, especially when you, you already got a ton of speed like Denny Hamlin, who I, I think is now the clear-cut championship favorite. The other one we talked about, him. he's you said playing with house money, Chase Elliott. That's who I'm taking to win this this race at Martinsville. He's he's figured out Martinsville. He's had some good runs, hasn't been able to, to really get there. But the way he's running, the luck he has right now, I think that continues, and, and Chase Elliott gets the cup win at Martinsville. Yeah, um, let's just hope those two guys don't run into each other like they did two years ago. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. No. It'd be entertaining. Somebody's going to probably get into somebody you this know, weekend. You know what we have gotten good at, though? Making these picks. Yeah, we have. We've gotten better. We don't suck anymore. <laughs> the, the truck series is also racing this weekend. We get to see them back in action after they took a week off the NASCAR Hall of Fame 200. This is the Saturday race at 1230, so a early afternoon event for the truck series. Another race that, that generally is is pretty wild and is kind of a wild card race. Is a lot of different drivers normally are seen at the front. Unless Kyle Busch has entered in the spring, it, it generally there, there's not anyone that dominates this race. But Trevor, who do you have this week? Don't you have first? You had first I, pick, I have right? first pick, but I want to hear yours first. So I'm actually I am going to swap from what I said earlier. Um, I'm glad I didn't write it down yet. But I'm not taking – obviously, I can't take the guy that I know you're taking because you picked first. I'm taking Stuart Friesen to punch his ticket into the round of four. Short track racer. When you said you were switching picks, that I, I did not see that one coming. Who do you think? Do you think Johnny see, Sauter? I was thinking Johnny Sauter because I, I was – between my pick and Johnny Sauter well, was where I was leaning. I, my original pick was going to be Christian Eckes. Um, you know, the KBM trucks have always have been really good at Martinsville. But I don't know that we'll see a non-champion or non-round of six guy win back-to-back weeks. Um, so I'm going to go with Stuart Friesen. I think he's either the best or second best short track racer in this round of six. So I'm going to take him. And the way those playoff standings sit right now, Brett Moffat plus 45, Stuart Friesen plus 22, Austin Hill plus 12, Matt Crafton plus 1, Tyler Ankrum minus 1, Ross Chastain is down 2. Number one seed, Brett Moffitt. I think he doesn't have to worry about those points. He picks up the win at Martinsville. I'm kind of making that pick because I, I feel like even if Brett doesn't get the win, he's, he's going to top finish five. top five. So I feel like it's a safe pick. And, again, I'm trying to catch Trevor here in our points. And I, I kind of feel a little safer with Friesen being consistent than I, I, I do I think, Eckes. I think the Eckes pick, he's either that, that's a pick where he'll either win or he'll finish 13, outside the top yeah. 15 um, or so. Stuart Friesen's probably going to have a top five truck. So I'm going Stuart Friesen. You've got Brett Moffitt. Again, you're racing this weekend, the NASCAR Hall of Fame 200 at 12.30 on Fox Sports 1 on Saturday, and the Monster Energy Cup Series, the first out of 500, 2 o'clock on NBCSN. The Xfinity Series is off. They will be back in action at Texas. Texas will just be the Xfinity and the Cup Series, and then Phoenix and Homestead, the final two races of the year. All three series will be there. All three series will finally align where we'll, we'll ha- stop this well, we're in race one of this round, race two of this round, the cutoff race of this round, everything all aligned. And, again, just four weekends remaining in the NASCAR season. It's going to be fun, man. I'm excited. Can't wait. And, and this was a quick show, Trevor. It was, it was a quick one. It was a good one. Unfortunately, our time is up here on the left turn. Exactly we got to wave so. the checkered flag. Yeah, We'll be back next week. Three or four on X106, the left turn every week. That's Trevor Mater. Goodbye. I'm Jacob Blair. 
This has been the left turn on X106.